0: studs and my guest this week is karen katz uh karen's new book is the academic hour uh from secret acres uh those fine folks there um karen is currently uh are you a fellow yes the the this year's fellow at the the
1: center for cartoon studies yeah
0: yeah (laughs) um It's such a neat legacy to be a part of. I think Kevin Chapp was last year's fellow, and then Noah Van Skyver was he the year before? Uh,
1: I think three years before. I think Lanier is two thousand sixteen. Noah might have been two thousand fifteen, but maybe I got them in the wrong order. Um, Yeah. So um, and Sophie Yano. Oh yeah. And. Robin Chapman, uh, a lot of people I really admire and have been following, and I know about this fellowship through them. Oh, so nice. it's super exciting. Um, also, I'm talking to you from Muff Mansion, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is I didn't know what Muff was when I came here, but it's a legacy house where um, generations of cartoonists have been living here, including Kevin last year.
0: Um, I slept on the in the couch Ooh, there in 2011.
1: Really? Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's I can't I can't believe it. It's I've it's a dream house basically. Um, yeah, I, I love uh, I love just walking around and um, contemplating what happened <laughs> in every corner and finding all this stuff.
0: And you have the, those weird double industrial sinks i remember
1: yeah there are two kitchens um you have a murder basement Uh, um there's a snake living next door (laughs) a yard the size of a football field a football field next to the yard size (laughs) uh a size like a football field um there's um uh different colors on the wall there's yeah it's Um, games everywhere, eyeballs, skulls.
0: (laughs) And is it, it's been with cartoonists steady since, since
1: 2011,
0: 2010. That's pretty amazing.
1: No, even, even more than that. I think for 10 years, I think. And also, uh, James Sturm lived here apparently. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, everyone. Um, when I walk around town, everyone has either been to a party here (laughs) or has lived here. (laughs) Um...
0: Yeah, it's a whole it, it's interesting because uh, I mean, that school's been there 14 years now, I think, 14 or 15 or 13. I can't remember, but it's it's been so much time now that there's such a legacy of things.
2: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah. And they, they try really hard to um, to keep it there. So I was contacted to say live in this house. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
0: Amazing. Um, we're kind of uh, jumping in in the middle. Uh, oh yeah because there's there's a lot of history of getting to that point, and I'm really fascinated uh by your background um you're originally from from Israel um was it Tel Aviv you were li- living in there yeah
1: i mean uh i I am israeli um mm-hmm. uh i am I'm, pro- I'm based in Tel Aviv um it's a great city for artists. Um, comics, there are very few of us, but, um, we try to, um, do a lot of things amongst us. Um, uh, yeah, I always, um, I love Tel Aviv. It's a shame, uh, that it's attached to all of the other stuff around it. Um, but, um, yeah.
0: There are Uh some interesting kind of comics traditions that come out of there because you you and some fellow cartoonists you have a collective mm-hmm. there uh, as well there's the actus collective i don't know if that's still happening
1: uh, yeah they they are basically our inspiration um, they they were all our teachers they are all our teachers and oh. mentors um, they're two, like they're they're about four art schools but the Um, They are divided among the two main art schools, Um, and um, they wrote in English primarily um, because they wanted to travel around with their comics and belong to the larger community cartoonists, so they're our inspiration. We try to put out books in English so we can collaborate and um, travel with it. (laughs) Mm
0: Was that really important uh, as kind of finding your voice and getting your work to be able to connect outside of um, folks that you knew and kind of more of the broad international community?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, our collective is only uh, three. Uh, we only started in 2015, but we all um, know each other. F- we all tabled, have been tabling together for um, since 2010. Or 11 when we uh, graduated. Um, uh, for me, yeah, definitely very important to um, uh, put my work out in as big, as big a context as possible. Um, I've, I've always seen comics making as not a way to, not necessarily a way to develop my own art, but as a currency for participating in the comics world. Um, um, so, uh, when I go to festivals, it's really important for me to 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 exchange books, to barter, to um, uh, to bring as, as many books back with me um, um, because there isn't there. Are, there isn't a way to get a hold of all these zines and artist books in Israel. There aren't um, international conventions. Uh, There aren't a lot of international people coming. Um, uh, The bookstores, there are only two bookstores in Tel Aviv. They're both on the same street. Um, They're great and they have, they support the local artists, but um, they don't, there's nothing equivalent to like desert Island or stuff where you can just walk in and, and discover amazing things. So I've always created books so I can exchange them for other books or talk through them. Um, so I'm writing in a language that can reach the the m- most diverse audience possible, I guess. Um, but uh, the the thing about it is that um, there, it's the only way, I guess. Um, uh, to nothing, nothing, uh, the people who read comics, uh, alternative comics in Israel will, will read it in English anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and in recent years, um, uh, people have gotten grants to publish books in Hebrew, graphic novels in Hebrew, um, and to encourage uh, um, a local uh, culture of comics and artist books. Um, but, um, uh, you know, there's, a, there's only so far it can go, I
2: guess.
0: Yeah. Um, I hear that, like, even in Canada, I mean, with, like, the French and Canadian stuff, there's, you know, specific funding to do things for, for the French industry.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I... M- so many amazing books have come out in the past few years in Hebrew, graphic novels. Um, I'll bring some to the Schultz Library in, in next week. Um, uh, I wish there was a way to uh, sort of uh, share them with everyone I know. Uh, they're all in Hebrew, but they're, they're amazing. I wish there was uh, a way to translate them. I know. In time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I want to talk about your, your work specifically and I'm really fascinated of kind of where you're coming from um, as your interest what are your artistic interests and stuff because you have a very 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 to me unique voice uh, in the work you're creating um, in these like amazing figures and motion and movement um, that that's quite fabulous and kind of otherworldly to me in a way Mm -hmm. Uh, and so like what are are some of those things that's like kind of feeding into you and kind of pushing you artistically I I saw some talks a bit about poetry and how um, that as like a communication is of a special interest to you as well and so how do these things kind of come together
2: Um,
1: Well, there are uh, two big things feeding into it. One is that my background is in dancing. Um, I did classical ballet uh, till I was 18, Um, and I took it very seriously. It was my world. I love dance. Um, I love learning about the history of dance. Um, I went to a performing arts high school, Um, and my most... um, uh, um, memorable, uh, moments in life where dancing, um, and every night I also, I dream of taking entire ballet lessons, um, classes. Um, and, uh, the thing that, uh, influences me most is, uh, um, this class I took once when I was sixteen. I, it's called Improvisation Technologies. It, it was um, it's by a choreographer called Bill Forsythe, um, and uh, his his philosophy about um, the space of dancing is that dance is not necessarily a medium of the body. It's it's also um, it, it's it can it the body is used but the dance can be created in the space between dancers or um, uh, it's it's a it's a language that is um, that is created in the imagination and in the mind um, and it's not necessarily uh, expressive mm-hmm. um, uh, so what he uh, he has these videos where um, a dancer takes the stage, uh, the stage is empty um, and he starts moving his limbs. And as he's moving, uh, you can see he's forming lines and geometrical shapes in space, and those remain in the space. And he's um, creating the world he's dancing in as he's dancing. And if another dancer joins him, he, does, he can respond to the body moving in front of him, but he can also respond to the space that's being created. Um, and, that, and, and, and then the audience that is watching this um, doesn't necessarily uh, see the accuracy of the lines or the geometric shapes, but, but there is a harmony that's being created. Um, and that has really inspired me and in everything that I have thought of, about since. Um, is that, uh, um, when we move or we're generating stories and, uh, anything, anything can happen at any moment if we, uh, pay it, uh, um, there's, there, there's more than one space. Uh, That exists Uh, It's very hard for me to um, Put it into words because I think of it Mostly when I'm thinking about it It, It's um, It's in my subconscious But um, the way I Construct stories on paper Is um, um, Or think about Think about them uh, when I'm Composing a page is um, That I'm not drawing the things that I'm drawing, I'm drawing the relationship between things. Or or when I put two things together, they create another thing. And that also soothes me psychologically of of knowing that no matter what the content of anything is or or no matter um, uh, what happens, um, something has been created that can be turned into a story. So my characters aren't necessarily... um, they can be part of the story, but it's the relationship between them that will um, that creates a space of movement, and 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 anything can happen in that. Even if I recorded uh, lines on paper, which I cannot erase, uh, there's still room for other things to happen. in it. Um, uh, I, I, when I stopped dancing, it it was and I lost my ability to express myself through my body, this is really important for me to, um, that I I keep this uh, uh, space for me to dance on paper that um, I'm improvising through storytelling. I don't know. Um,
0: Well, there's something like within, especially with painting and contemporary art, where they talk about like the gesture, of the physical action of painting mm-hmm. and we don't really talk about that as much in comics uh, but i think there's something there that you're talking about as far as like the motion the physicality of doing that drawing
1: yeah um and it's also um so the words aren't necessarily uh, a concrete thing um they can shift around you can you can do any uh oh do you hear the train
0: yeah <laughs> It's kind of endearing.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like living in the movie. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I it really soothes me to know that whatever I write down, I'm not recording anything, and anything is kept open because the, I can return to the same movement that my characters are doing on the page and think about a completely different story. Yeah. Or or the words are just marking a specific moment in time, but they're not there forever. And I can, um, if I inhabit these movements, because everyone I'm drawing is, is me dancing and I'm just, um, uh, I, I'm videotaping myself and then uh, trying drawing it. Um, if I inhabit these same movements, um, on the, if I walk like this on the street, someone will respond to me in a certain way. If if the next day I dance the, the exact same dance and someone sees it, they will interpret it a different way. Um, I I do a lot of performative stuff um, as well. Um, th- this is the kind of... This is my, my approach. The, the second thing about poetry... Um, uh, my partner is a poet and um, we've been together for about... Nine years, and through that, um, uh, 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 but he creates um, poetry generating machines or robots that write poetry, or um, um, basically um, very inspired by language poets. Uh, so it's not about expressing emotions; it's about um, it's about. Uh, uh, playing with language in a way that uh, can open up new landscapes uh, with the same medium and words that we use in everyday, but open up, open up to new meanings which we could never have imagined if we if we uh, subscribe them the words or the language that we use to um, our daily life, to our um, specific context, to our uh, Uh, knowledge of things and when we let machines do it um, and we're we um, we use infinite tools or infinite um, algorithms to um, manipulate the language then then um, things open up (laughs) and that that is that has really inspired me um um that we can take a lot more um, out of language than we are uh, educated yeah to to take um there's the sound there's um uh, the the shape of it there's the visuals there's um other conscious minds that are not humans that can read language um so I, the basically I'm taking the openness from from that um, uh the the hybrid the hybrid um, um aspect of of putting words and text together is for me the generation the like infinite generation or infinite uh um, I mean I haven't I haven't reached that point yet. I haven't been I, I don't think that I'm able to articulate it through my work yet and I'm still working on a way to do to do that but, but it, it is a motivation that exists in me um, How can I how can um, by um, combining things on paper um, uh, can we um, create a logic? And inside the language that will only exist for that particular um, uh, space, and 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 more, tell you more just about the use of the language or um, how the um, formal aspects or um, mechanism of the book works, rather than point you to a specific context or. Content or emotion. Um, Do you know if that makes any sense?
0: It does. <laughs> it does. Like, there's. Yeah. There's, yeah. No. I'm. I've, I'm. really enraptured in this um, because I love this idea of um, what comes through in randomness. I mean, one of my big young things I was always interested. In Burroughs and he had the the cut up technique with the oh yeah 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 word take, but it, it that that's like, and I want to make sure I'm I'm not saying like that's the same like what it sounds like you're talking about is kind of a more wide tableau of like the because with the cut up you're, you're restricted to the to what you're using where um you're talking more of like an open random um idea where the inputs are unlimited in a way
1: yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. definitely uh constrained writing um is also part of that influence um, and, yeah, I don't know if it, again, the, I think I haven't reached a point where I can, uh, in my own work, but it's definitely something that really interests me in other people's work. Um, I'm really into conceptual comics and, and the potential of that, yeah. um, and that definitely inspires how I think about storytelling Um and uh, how I can both disconnect from my own work, but also be uh, maybe also another factor that goes into it is um, a sort of shyness because I guess all my comics are autobiographical, but I'm I'm am so. Rem- I'm removing the story so much into like the surreal and random space that I'm 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 kind of hiding in it. Uh, so it's a combination of that. Uh, um, I don't know.
0: There's something earlier, uh, way back, we were talking about the dance and the movement, and there's an idea that kind of, and I wonder if this is kind of within there, um, when a performer uh, has a language that or a story that they're presenting through movement and stuff. Uh, and they have something in their head that they're doing that that's there, but then the audience may be seeing something completely different and taking their own story and experience from that.
1: Yeah, um, d- yeah. This is this is this is definitely what you've been able to put in, in the sentence. Uh, that's what I was trying to communicate. Um, yeah, I I love that. That um, it, it's it's the most frustrating thing. Um, I always felt so alone um, of not being able to share w- what I'm feeling in a specific moment, and I. Um, but also so relieved that I'm not being able to share it. Um, <laughs> I, I, but but also how uh, the translation into movement uh, the person watching it will get a sense of the, um, intensity, uh, the intensity comes through, um, and, and also maybe a spark uh, energy will be transferred. Um, um, but it won't be attached to anything. It will be completely abstract. Um, and then, and then also the fact that, uh, in, in the, that, uh improvisation technologies which i am I, I i have to disclaim that so many years have passed since that workshop so i may be distorting it a little bit but this is what this is what i've i that i kept with me is that um we only have so many ways to articulate our joints and everybody has um uh that in them uh it's um and so if you uh sort of respond to a body moving in space uh you 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 respond to to uh, anatomically you'll be able to respond and it's a natural thing um and then and then you're getting uh or you're responding to an energy and then you're um you're both uh thinking about something else but but the space that is generated between you is uh, is is the real thing. So uh, the, the relationship between those two people is not real. It's it's uh, or, or it's not um, transparent, is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but the space is concrete, and you've created uh, um, something that didn't exist before, like a third thing, and um, and it, it, and that is um and that is a space that another person can move into even even if they're not moving they they have a they have a a kind of um uh a visual i don't know um something something is there um and it and it and it and then it disappears when the the energy has died. I don't know how else to say it. It's um, it's very soothing to me <laughs> to think about it. There's like um, a
0: transcendent quality. Yeah.
1: Um, and. Um, or ephemeral. Yeah, ephemeral. Yeah, um, and then. And then it has been created through it's not even um, there's no content to it, but it's still a space I, I have I, I don't even know how to put it into words. Um, just how I think about poetry yeah. um, that these words spark something and you have to be and and that spark is very hard to to locate afterwards. Um, you no. Know. Um one, uh, yeah,
0: sorry. <laughs> one of the things that you'd sent me um was uh kind of a sketchbook journal thing from uh a series uh at the MoMA, the uncontested spaces. Oh yeah. Um, and was that fairly recent to your move to New York during your studies there?
1: Yeah, it was after I graduated I stayed for a year. Um, I was working with, I was the intern of Richard McGuire while he was working on Here, so oh. that was the biggest comics <laughs> adventure of my life, uh, with yes. a friend of mine from school, Mayel D'Oliva, um, and, um, and also... Um, I was starting to research uh, the language poets, um, so Bob Grenier, Kenneth Goldsmith, Charles Bernstein—all um, these people that were doing readings in New York—and um, I was fascinated by it, um, mostly through my partner, who told me to go to these. <laughs> uh, so Kenneth Goldsmith um, uh, is a huge inspiration to both of us. He um, does—he wrote a book called *Uncreative Writing*. And he teaches that class in, at UPenn. Uh, he also teaches a class called Wasting Time on the Internet. <laughs> um, uh, so, uncreative writing is uh, recontextualizing. Um, uh, so, uh, all, he, he has the American trilogy, which is Weather, Sports, and uh, Traffic, which is just a transcription of uh, weather reports, traffic reports. Um, and uh, there was a recent show in at the uh, I think it was the Jewish Museum of um, his version of uh, arcades, where he took all the all the literature that's that was written about New York in the 20th century, um, including bubblegum wrappers, but also Frank O'Hara poems and uh, news reports and and anything that was written about New York, and just put it in one giant book, um, and he took a, a, a double-decker bus that it was a guerrilla tour, and he moved around the city and he was reading it out loud, um, and and that was part of a series called Uncontested Spaces. Uh, it was for about six months, I'm not sure. Every week uh, he would invite either a visual artist or a poet, um, a writer, an author, um to the MoMA and they would just start their thing and people there was a sign but I don't think many people saw it and they just started screaming in the galleries it was amazing because um it caught everyone by surprise and it just created this different energy in the museum um Charles Bernstein put a a, a plastic snake on the Tatlin and started uh uh Yelling spells at it, and um, there was uh, C. A. Conrad. I think was introducing himself as the head of paranormal activities of the MoMA. Uh Sheila Hedy. I uh, was reading how to be a person. Oh, how how should a person be to um, the ladies of Avignon? Um, Maya common was reading stories to Boyce's suit. Um, so uh, um, and. Kenneth was reading uh, um, Seven American Deaths and Disasters, which is a transcription of the first initial reports of um, uh, um, American disasters in history uh, to um, Warhol's car crash 14 times. Mm -hmm. Um, And just a combination... Oh, and my favourite, Christian Book, who is a Canadian poet... Uh, was reading something called Xenotex, which is um, uh, uh, he went he studied how to inject a bacteria with a poem into its DNA that will outlive mankind and will continue to edit itself through evolution and can live in space and can live after nuclear holocausts and can. And it's just uh, so this is post human yeah. poetry. And he was reading it. In the Futurism room, um, so the combination of of words talking to these artworks and just the movement of people going, "What is going on?" Um, that was that was exactly everything that uh, is. It, it's a combination of everything that inspires me. It's um, uh, um, just um, um interplay. Yeah, interplay uh, of of. Uh, um, it's like a portal opening up between a word meeting an image and movement that you don't see. It's not the regular museum movement. It's yeah. suddenly people who are walking in circles or rushing, and um, uh, it's uh, poetry living in space. And I remember um, Frank Santoro, I may be distorting him as well, but one of the most inspiring talks I went to at the Comic Symposium was him saying, uh, you should all go listen to Baroque music in the church. Um, there's a church in the West Village that plays uh, Bach at two every day, um, and then and that that is totally what comics um, is for me. Is um, if you it's it's a, it's the combination of two things that lit up the things that you will not notice unless those two are together. So yeah. uh, baroque music, You when you listen to it just on your headphones at, at your own home, uh, it's beautiful, but you're hearing the harmonies. Um, but when you listen to it in a strange split space or in a very articulated space, suddenly you're seeing things that you wouldn't have noticed in the space and also things that you wouldn't have noticed in the music. Um, that's, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, yeah the, the sound would respond even in a different... Spaces within the space, depending on the architecture.
1: Yeah, and you can also subscribe different uh, instruments to different things that you're seeing, or different characters, or even like your imagination has a room to play inside, and suddenly you're inside the music too. You're contributing to it because you're feeding in the visual stimuli that you have. And so, unconscious spaces for me is that visual uh, being stimulated by something. Um, and all of a sudden, I I have a a role in this in this space because uh, the more I move frantically, the more I'm moving people around, and so I started like dancing and st- um it um it really um create I like being part of that uh, living story. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that, um Also, I should note that it was very much inspired by a course which I took at grad school. I went to SVA. Um, it was drawing on location, and we were asked. We were each semester we kept a journal of walking around with our sketchbooks and drawing things that happened. So I didn't do it in school because it was after, but it it was part of this practice.
0: Was that with Panther?
1: No, I wish. <laughs> Uh, no, it was with Carol Fabricatori. Um, I did the MFA, so I wasn't in the oh, okay. undergrad. Uh, I wish I had, had taken this class. Yeah.
0: Um, but how did the opportunity with Maguire come about? I feel like there's something fascinating there as far as like, oh, an yeah. Intensive education in a way. Cause he, I mean, he broke a lot of rules in comics, you know, 30 odd yeah. years ago. Uh, and then just went to go do weird, weird, amazing stuff um, that a lot of people haven't really engaged with yet in the meanwhile between the years.
1: Um, yeah, I should say he has a show now in New York um, of his stuff, his his um, graffiti and posters uh, that he did for Liquid Liquid. Oh, nice. Um, and for it's part of the CBGB scene and um all these other street artists like basquiat and um uh, keith herring that he knew um and it's also his a book came out with his performance art (laughs) and just uh yeah um so it was part of the moment ps one i think um i think it's till november um so our teacher at sva david sandlin he's our thesis coordinator uh he's good friends with Richard, and for one of the classes he showed us his work, um animation music and comics and the thing he did for Chris Ware's um, that anthology that Chris Ware edited for uh, mixing oh, the
2: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and then there was a what what was the what was cab called before it was called cab CB.
0: Oh, uh, Brooklyn Comics uh, Dude, Graphic Festival.
1: It, yeah. Um, so Richard, Bill Cardilopoulos, Richard McGuire, Charles Burns, and uh, was it Art speaking? Uh, they were all in a panel together, which was insane to me. It was just as I was uh, starting, uh, uh, came. It was during maybe the first year of art school and I couldn't believe it. It was one of the best panel. I I couldn't believe that all these legends were, I was watching them. Um, And then Richard showed um, the beginnings of his here book that he was uh, taking the strip that he had done for Raw in 1989 and um, translating it into a graphic novel. Um, And that blew my mind. I couldn't believe it, Uh, and so a few months later, um, I just came back from Israel for visiting my family, and I came back to New York, opened my apartment, and my ceiling caved in, and I thought, oh, (laughs) Um, Oh so I stuck, it it completely, like, I, I opened the door, something in it moved, and Bam, my entire ceiling fell. And so I put my suitcases in. Jesus. I went I went on Facebook to see what I could do. And there was a party at Cartoon House, which is Austin English and Bill's house. Um and David Ness uh that was amazing by itself. So there was a party there. So I, I went there. Um and I usually I, I don't I don't go out if I don't have to, but so that that was my luck, and then Richard was there at the party, um, and then I, uh, uh, so, and I was also so glad that my ceiling came in because now I had like a a, a, a starting line, <laughs> and I thought it was like the most terrible thing that can happen. But everybody at the party said, "Oh yeah, it happened to me like <laughs> two months ago," so it's not an unusual thing in New York. Um, and, uh, and and then Richard was there, and I told him, um, and we talked about dance. And then I email, emailed him after that, and I said, uh, uh, I don't know Photoshop. <laughs> I don't know indesign I don't know anything, but I do have time. Please, can I be your assistant on <laughs> this book? Uh, and he said, yes. And so, um, and then, I, and that—that's how. So I basically um, put myself in—in in there, mm-hmm. um, inserted myself uh, with my Israeli chutzpah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, and then, and then, because uh, I knew if it was, I need, um, it was also in a long distance relationship for two years by that point with my partner. And, but I told him, listen, I'm going to stay for another year in New York. <laughs> uh, Cause I knew this was the thing. Like, this is what, if I, if I, I would be filled with regret if I didn't take that opportunity. So, and then I brought in my friend from school, Mayel Dolly, who's part of Beehive Books. He's, she's, um, she does the Beehive books with Josh O'Neill because um, she knows everything. She can do it. she just knows everything. Um, so I said, Oh, we also should probably have in our team someone who knows <laughs> what you're doing. Um, uh, and then he had uh, another assistant for InDesign. So we were um, just there for a year. And it was, um, and even though um, his deadline was, super crammed um he was so generous in also giving us the best adventure of learning about comics and art and going to museums and and going to a, a f- um a photography collector and going to um to musical concerts and taking us all on all these little things that were inspirational into making the books but also gave us back uh, so we were, it, it was truly an adventure of, um, um, so many sources went yeah. into that book. Um, and this was after 10 years of him researching at the Coleman library, new public library and, and researching his hometown and, and we came into that and there was like piles of books and, and research materials and photographs. Um, and it was, uh, Almost like an archaeological dig. Um, Yeah, I I owe him so much, and um, I'm still I'm still inspired by him. Every time I meet him, there's something awesome to learn.
0: Yeah, he he's it's it's he sits such a a unusual, interesting role within comics and art and music, and is so foundational in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, and, and it's all feeding into, everything is feeding into each other. Um, there's a a, this, a sculpture exhibition that he did this year, um, which was also came out with a comic, but it was sculptures in space, and um, everything, it, it, the composing here was like composing music. Yeah. That's how it looked like. It looked like a giant piece of sheet music. Um, sure. And, uh, um, and it was very abstract as well as um, a narrative,
2: yeah.
1: a study of narrative and um, uh, poetry. Uh, um, um, Brainerd, um, Joe Brainerd went into a lot of that. Um, his like a, um, sensibility, uh, a lot of printmaking um animation and then after there was a whole new set of people after working on the ipad version which was a completely different process of how the
0: yeah Yeah. after going through like you 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 the one aspect of doing your masters uh and then this is like a secondary masters in a way um how did your own view in your creative work kind of shift from these immersive Experiences um, was there adjustment of how you engage your work or kind of what you wanted to do with your work?
1: Um, well, what I I learned from just living in New York is that, um, and going and getting to go to all these comics festivals is that um, I I didn't know a lot of comics coming in into it. Um, I. Uh, in my undergrad, Ritu Madan was my thesis advisor, and Michelle Kishka, and they both were. They both brought books to class that really inspired me. But I didn't know that. What I, I coming to New York, I was really learning uh, that uh, what interesting most about this world is that I. Uh, when I buy books, when I exchange them, I'm meeting the people who make them along with the books. And there's a performative aspect to it. Um, I mostly, most of the books I read, I met the person first and then their voices in my head. And then I I directly, when I make my own books, I'm speaking to a specific person that I want them to read it. And it, um, it's very much, it feels like I'm embodying this world more than I'm drawing it. Um, every every opportunity that happens, um, the story about meeting Richard is one, but many, many, especially uh, with Mayel and my group of people that I knew, um, they're all actors, uh, or they do performance art. Um, Matthew Ferber is a huge inspiration <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the most adventurous things happen uh, is when you... Um, embody that work when you, when you create a persona for yourself, when you uh, do crazy things, when you just walk on the street and say yes to things. Um, a lot of people that I've met and stories that I've been sort of taken into these micro-adventures um, just happen from being at the right place at the right time or doing dressing up in a weird way. Um, and, and, and then my life has taken such a surreal turn uh, as the trains are moving past here, like, I-, I can't believe I'm here. It's another performative thing that's happening. I'm lucky enough to be in the house uh, in my, Muff- the current residents of Muff Mansion uh, are very into that. Uh, we're going to do some Coven Witch Dancing <laughs> next week. Um, I feel like, I feel like, uh, I feel like um, what I've learned um through all this is, is that um, uh, um, the world, ha- there's an alternative um, uh, uh, to if a community exists, we can create a world where things are, um, um, can be different yeah. or, or alternative to reality and, and that the books don't matter as much as the people um, and, 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 uh, I feel very good in this space. I don't know how much of it is me in the bubble that I'm not seeing things clearly, um, to begin with, but, um, this is where I want to go with it. Uh, I, I want to continue uh, being part of these communities because, um, and this is how I read comics and analyze it as well. Um, uh, a recent, An amazing thing that happened this week in Israel is, um, this is also a teacher and mentor of mine, uh, Zev Engelmeyer. Um, He has been living as one of his characters, cartoon characters. He's part of the underground Tel Aviv comic scene um, from the 80s, 90s. Still doing it. And he... uh, he is living in a costume he's performing or as as one of his characters called Shoshke um, He's basically dressed in in a giant furry suit um, And and what happened um, was Tel Aviv was covered in very racist and hateful posters um, advertising the right-wing uh, party and he uh, just um, started walking around and covering it up and because he's this cartoon character, um, and, and, and he, the, the look of it is very performative to begin with and very humorous and people can identify or join it or just something enthusiastic about it or, or, um, he's walking and he doesn't, he, he looks like a story, a person from, there's another story happening in that space. And, and that has created, um, that, that, that it brings people to want to join him, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and he was able to take down all to put new posters up on everything and take down the campaign, and it it was amazing to see it. It was just um, it's a like uh, and his his friend who he started he he unfortunately died, but they were both. Um, doing that kind of stuff uh, of putting ducks in places or um, uh, dinosaurs. Um, he has put a, a giant gift fish on top of the most respectable literary building in Tel Aviv that you can see via telescope. Um, it's just it just. this is what comics uh, I had a notion of it while in Tel Aviv but Tel Aviv is so crazy uh, anyway that I didn't know that it was specifically belong to comics. But having now seen the power of community here that I can really sense that from festivals and, and also see um, how uh, meeting everyone who does comics comes to life when I'm reading comics and inspires me in return. Um, I, it's totally a comics thing. Yeah.
0: Um, the first time I, I saw Austin English do a comic reading, I understood his comics in a completely different way.
1: Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the voice is, uh, is um the, the personal um, musicality, yeah, um, yeah. Even even just 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 seeing the originals is is wonderful. Or seeing the spaces that these people live in, and yeah, Austin is another hu- huge influence on me um, from New York, yeah. Did I? I'm sorry. Yeah, I I no. might have not answered the questions. That's
0: okay. That's <laughs> there, there's no uh, there's no right way to do things. I think, studs. What I do my interviews, I my process is kind of a mess, and I write down words and little jots of things. There's no strict question. Uh, but one of the things I wrote down, just a word by itself, was home. Uh, and I guess with that, like, what do you define home as, uh, or mm-hmm. what does that mean within your work?
1: Well, um, this is a touchy subject for me because I feel so much guilt um, about being Israeli. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, I think I should somehow address it. I still haven't found a way to um, be an activist and also define to myself what um, how art and politics relate to each other. Um, so home for me, it's not necessarily, I'm a nomad. I've always lived in everywhere. Even when I was a kid, I I grew up in the Netherlands and in New York. Um, and I've traveled all over the place. Um, and I want to do it for the rest of my life, but I, um, but home, I do have this responsibility that I do come from a place that is very controversial and very, um, very actively violent. (laughs) Um, Or I'm part of a violent um, uh, place. It's a legacy Uh,
0: that that affects you and that-
1: Legacy, also an active role. I mean, I am an Israeli citizen. Uh, um, I served in the military. i uh, i don't I still don't know what what my where home plays in into art, and so i i've I had so many conversations about it um, I, uh, most of all, um Elan I don't know if uh, he he's someone that I've met in recent years that does a lot of conceptual. Uh, comics and invented a language, um, a shape reader, a tactile comics language, and oh, wow. um, we've spoken about this a lot. Of um, um, how uh, we're how all right is um, I mean I, I brought it, I, most of all I I brought it up, up to him because I consider him. Uh, uh, he, he's able to articulate things for me um, but he's very um, he deals a lot with appropriation uh, in uh, and cr- critique of the comics history and the economical comics history and, and culture um, uh, ultimately uh, he always calms me down and says that um, uh, the art form is its own um, is its own thing, uh, and it shouldn't be, um, I, I shouldn't have to struggle with this and, and just do what I do, and, and the medium is a medium of, of complexity, of, of, uh, of many viewpoints, um, and the medium itself, uh, is a democratic me- medium that has room to contain many ideas, and and doesn't you don't necessarily have to put in the political content. But I'm always thinking of, um, uh, I'm, I don't know how to uh, reconcile my natural tendency to avoid um, the the concept of home and the concept of grounding it in a realistic content. Context and and uh, addressing um, issues or addressing my place in the world or my identity. Um, but when you say home, this is immediately what I'm yeah. thinking of, of. Do I have? Am I? Uh, um, am I um, being responsible in my storytelling, or am I? Um, uh, Contributing uh, something that can be, uh, I don't know, you useful. Fe- you feel
0: <laughs> like you feel like a sense of responsibility uh, within your experiences and within your presentation. I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I, 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 feel um, almost expected mm-hmm. to to con- constantly relate to that. I, I. I um, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm so, I'm so uh, confused about what.
0: Um. And I wasn't necessarily like when I asked that. I wasn't trying to push this direction. Oh, in oh definitely, it. definitely. Like, um, because I think there there is an interesting complexity there of like how how do, are you defined by your work or by your experiences, um, and like I definitely think like. It 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 is a complexity thing. It's like there's this like system that you're born into, um, and, and how do you let that define you, or do you find yourself beyond that? I guess. Yeah. If that makes sense?
1: I'm just uh no, I I know you didn't push it in that way. I'm pushing myself in that way constantly because I I always think um uh, I always respect my fellow artists, especially since the 2016 elections of how um. Uh, active, everyone is uh, in participating in the political discourse, and and how n- not and how I've kind of uh, um, not asked myself these questions, um, and also how interesting it is that um, uh, a, a lot of artists, like uh, artists I admire, have. Uh, addressed Israel in a way um, Which I have not not been able to Mm -hmm. yet Um, and also just because the 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 current discourse of um, is is about um, Maximizing our um, community and voice to support um, each other and to support uh, um, the community around us and how isolated Israel is from uh, all the other Middle Eastern uh, creators, uh, which is so weird, Um, that there's no, um, yeah, I I just don't know. Um, These are all, uh, I'm not really, I don't have a thought on this, so I'm just trying to, to respond associatively to what that word,
2: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And maybe that's a big thing. Like you talk about that kind of nomadic experience and it's where you're kind of, in some ways you're tied to a specific thing, having, you know, compulsory military service um, because of identity and residency, but that's not necessarily a definition of who you are as an artist. Um, And I appreciate that that doesn't necessarily come through in your work um, it doesn't define your work.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to let it define me as a teacher. I, I want to be a teacher. Um, and maybe um, when I talk about other people's work, I do try to um, to uh, talk about the medium's potential and everything that I can't do in my own work. I want to be able to 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 sort of address the um, uh, people who do work that I really appreciate, um, that's more um, journalistic, or more um, uh, um, culture, uh, yeah, figurative, uh, culturally um, relevant. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but also the other way, um, the, the, the abstract comics, the thing that will show you that um, there are alternatives to language and communication, and if we can tap into that, then um, um, this gives uh, um, the just practicing art in, in itself or reading art or being able to be open to all these ideas can create bridges. Um, I mean everything that's that's not in my own work or way of saying. <laughs> it. I, I just want to be able to to address that, um, which is why I'm so interested in in being part of the CCS. Um, I was I saw the medicine and comics conference, and that is a whole new field that I was not aware of, mm-hmm. and it's so fascinating um, that the. The, the whole attitude I feel here is um, that comics is, also can be applied to other things, mm-hmm. um, not just art, for art's sake. Um, yeah, so this is new to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to learn about it.
0: In your work, um, you use really specific color palettes and I'm interested in that, um, mm-hmm. the way you see color within your comics and your drawings.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, mostly, um, um, I use Prismacolor um, and Faber-Castell, and I draw on 30 by 22 inch paper, so it's huge.
2: Yes. <laughs> That's massive! It, yeah,
1: um, so what... Because I'm I'm lazy when I print or reproduce and I just send it off and I don't see any samples or I don't make samples, um, I've sort of found a way of... I know what a certain color reproduces as. So I know the specific orange that I can buy from Prismacolor will reproduce like this um, if it's transferred to okay So it's very... Um, uh, I've, I've sort of figured out the pencils that reproduce best and also that will shrink best, um, and uh, and the best feel of them on the paper. Um, so it, it's not so much, it's something that I've kind of found over the years of using it and, and, and I don't, uh, I, f- I think I'm at a point of control now. Um, uh that's the only reason my color palette is that way it's for um a oh, I should say that it started out as um, being really inspired by the Bally um and um and um, and that they were inspired by also Japanese woodblock um okay. art um so uh, So the combination of that, the color reproduction uh, and uh, um, my OCD, I guess, for the patterns uh, is what it – and I'm trying to to get it so I have control and I'm not thinking about it too much. Um, The patterns – basically every time I have a pattern on a page, it means I'm – overtaken by my OCD or uh, I'm distracted by a thought that won't leave me or I'm listening to an audio book and it's a really interesting chapter or I'm watching something uh, on the screen and I just I'm not I'm not in the drawing um that's that's kind of uh what's what's happening um also I should say that it it's very inspired I mean, no, inspired is not, it's very, it's from the fact that in Israel, you can't buy individual Prisma colors. something about the, I think there was kind of a, a, a fight with the importer or something, um, and you can only buy maybe packages and maybe in one store, uh, so it's very hard to find. So whenever I'm in the States, I buy a lot of the same pigment, mm-hmm. so I'm very limited by that um but it started it definitely started off with um um my general inspiration is is the the dance costumes a lot of matzek uh stage yeah. design um a lot of um colored pencil and generally came from um being given matadi books by my instructor mm-hmm. so I just thought I should I should have a giant box box of pencils.
0: I actually thought about uh Matadi um years when I interviewed him I asked him uh if he ever did life drawing and he just laughed and said, No one exists that I draw. <sighs> and that was something that like I was reminded of when I was reading your work. That idea of like these like figures that just like exist in their own world.
1: Oh, they're all me. Um I mean I, I photograph myself, yeah. Um, I, yeah, um, I should do more life drawing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm currently, I've been working on a book for the last two years, um, in the same style, but I think that I want to, I really want to try experimenting with, um, another medium after I'm done with this, cause it's been, it's been a long process uh, so what happened to me in, in undergrad is that I wasn't really paying attention to classes. I was mostly learning. I was a late bloomer, so I was mostly learning about love, <laughs> and I didn't do a lot of homework. And only in my final year, I've started to to say, "Oh, I should really <laughs> put some work into my drawing." Um, so I th- I feel like uh, my drawing skills. I I I didn't. I've only been really developing this style for um since 2010 okay um and and i've reached a point where i've found a style that i'm comfortable with and, not, not, and but it's kind of repetitive yeah and i want to try and see what happens if i change
0: it up i, I, I... And I wanna be clear, I wasn't trying to be critical by saying that. I was just thinking- Oh no, no. Okay.
1: Yeah. I re- no, I just uh this is my this is what goes on in my head of um am I am I using these colours just because I wanna use them or because I know how to control them. <laughs> and also uh I know I know what to buy when I have five minutes and I need to go into an art store. Um they um one thing is I don't like using black, so mm-hmm. I use a lot of blue.
0: Mm-hmm. Blues and browns and
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um. Now you, your next thing is you're gonna be going to Angulam, um, for an experience yeah. there.
1: Yeah. Wow. I can't believe it. Uh, such a amazing, uh, group of artists. <laughs> Uh, yeah I admire them so much um uh, I met, I was in it in Inghilam last year um with my Israeli collective humdrum uh, we should have picked a better name for ourselves really but <laughs> uh that's what we're called um humdrum uh we we, we were there we try to go every year or every two years um and uh we, I met Uh, Someone who told me about this camp Uh, And I do uh, summer camps myself in Israel, so we were talking a little bit about that. Uh, I do uh, Like every year a summer camp for board artists with my friend Ella Novak So I'm really into this idea of uh, um, Being in a place Mm -hmm. together I really don't know what to expect except for that. I'm gonna be so excited to meet everyone. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, Angulim is, is amazing. Um, uh, I, uh, um, yeah, it's part of this thing of also drawing big has a lot to do with drawing in a space with other people. Um, I started drawing big in art school because I wanted to be able to move and, uh, it in art school, it was more important for me to find love than to make comics, and I, I I think my technique revolved around performing being an artist rather than being an artist, or very art school competent. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was such a cliche. Um, uh, I just was standing in front of my giant board just moving and drawing and thinking um, more about how I look while I was drawing rather than... And I still have that I I get the most energy of imagining someone behind my back looking at what I'm doing instead of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very I ha- I have this inner monologue always. Um so be, so so th- I mean this is quite a down because I I'm now really enjoying the work as well but I uh, uh, being in a space and drawing with artists is something that will re- really invigorates me and makes me want to um it's it's kind of like my art is not expressive it's impressive uh how do you say it it, it comes from the outside. no not it doesn't come from me it comes from the outside whoever's in that room will inspire what i draw oh, okay um or whatever's happening um just because i this is my way of um re- responding to that mm-hmm. so so this
0: experience I, will be immersive in that
1: yeah, I. I mean, I hope. Uh, yeah, uh, I hope they. Yeah, it. It's stressful to go. Um, I'm so sad to be able to be leaving CCS uh, for even two weeks that I will be gone. Because um, the, uh, the minute I got here, it's been like a countdown of when I'll have to leave. Uh, I wish it. <laughs> I wish I could be in both places at the same time. <laughs> well um yeah um i I have such fomo about this, but also I'm very excited it'll be
0: and it'll be a nice break from the Vermont winter. let's be honest,
1: oh yeah, although um I think uh the winter is when they try to take care of us the most, so there there is there's a lot of um uh um during January, I think they they're gonna take everyone swimming and and to uh, yoga and, and uh, like care, and do a lot of activities uh, to keep us sane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's needed. Um... <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Karen, for taking the time to chat with me today. I much appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you. I uh, I, I didn't say this. I think. But I'm such a huge fan of this podcast, and um, it's been such a good friend to me for so many long hours of drawing. Um, and when you wrote to me, it was just as I was talking to my friend Hashem here uh, about our favorite Inkston episode. <laughs> and then you said, "Yeah, um, wow, thank, thank you so much. God bless all the podcasts that are." Yeah, and I've, I've, I'm. S- I can't even believe that I'm talking to you. This is incredible to me. That's very, thank-
0: very kind. I, I much appreciate it. It's uh, I work in a vacuum, so.
1: Oh yeah, I, I, it's it's really um, been so inspiring to have all this amazing archive. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Karen. Uh, reminder, folks, uh, the Academic Hour is Karen's latest work, as well as so you can find her work in now issues three and upcoming issue five from Fanographics. Yeah. Thank you, Karen.
1: Thank you.
2: This thing for sure this time there might not be a happy ending. So just you mark my words with your brightly colored lips, and that should warm things up at least a little bit. Look up this.